Welcome to Tackling the Premier League Podcast. I am your host, Jack Sosa17. Alongside with me, we have uh, J-Soup, the Boob Super, BJ, the Germ Jackson. Long time no pod, guys. How are we doing? Oh, we're good. Yeah, we're good over here. Excited to talk about the Premier League again. Well, good to hear it. Uh, it's been a minute since we've last potted. Obviously, we've uh, life has gotten in the way, and that's okay, because uh, there are priorities, and there are things people have to take care of, and that's just part of it. But... We're going to come with you guys with a special show today, not necessarily covering all the games that, from the past weekend, but looking at, looking at the table, looking at past form, and looking ahead to what we have in the three match weeks before the World Cup in a short three weeks' time. Uh, I think there's no better place to start than the top of the table with uh, the team who has been leading the Premier League and is still leading the Premier League. That is uh, BJ the Germs Jackson's team, Arsenal. Uh in their last five games, four wins and one draw, and they sit atop the table with 28 points. Uh, BJ, I'll get your opinion. What, what do you think of Arsenal's season up to date? I mean, obviously, I'm very happy with how things are going. Um, last last performance against Southampton, a little bit of a drop-off there, but you'll still, you're still happy to come away with the draw there um, at Southampton. But um, overall, the whole season right now, very, very happy with Arsenal. I think the player of the season for me personally is uh, Grant Xhaka at the moment. This dude is a player reborn this season, man. I'm very happy to see it from him. He's enjoying football a lot right now, and you can tell. Y'all yeah, thoughts a, on Arsenal? Yeah, what a comeback by Xhaka. I mean, he he's definitely definitely turned it around. That was one player that you thought Arsenal was going to get rid of. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's made a comeback. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Xhaka. I mean, he's looking a lot better in that forward role, not having to play as much defense where he can make a bunch of boneheaded decisions. Um, and they've really looked good as a whole team. To me, it seems like they just need to keep doing what they're doing and stay healthy. Um, like you said, BJ, last week against Southampton, scraping out a draw, they didn't look the best. And they didn't look the best against Leeds in the game before that, but wound up with a win. Um, and getting four points out of six in games where you haven't looked that good, that's what a good, maybe even great team does. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right with uh, scoring only one goal. I mean, that's our past four games that we've only scored one goal in, including the Europa League, uh, two Europa League games there and two Premier League games. So, yeah, I mean, not. I mean, something's not happening up front. I mean, we're getting the chances. I'm not sure what's really happening right now, but it's tough to see. We definitely need to produce more goals come, going forward. Oh, well, like like we like you said at the prior podcast, you know, we talked about it. the The month of October was going to be a test for Arsenal, and especially uh, the two weeks they played uh, Tottenham Hotspur and the North London Derby, and then uh, Liverpool back to back. Both games they scored three goals in. And uh, both games, they came out with three points in each. So, you know, they really passed that test. Uh, upcoming, their, their schedule until the World Cup, uh, this weekend they play Forest. Next weekend, they travel to Stanford Bridge and take on Chelsea. And then the weekend after, uh, the last weekend before the World Cup, they, they take on Wolves. What do you think of their their, uh, their next three games and, and their chances of leading the table at the end of, at the, end of the, uh, the first half of the season? Yeah, um, I think we should have no problem this weekend against Nottingham Forest. I'm really looking forward to that Chelsea game away at Stamford Bridge. Like you said, that is going to be huge, pivotal before the World Cup to see who can keep that momentum riding. Very excited for that one. Yeah, Chelsea's the only one that I see them having any kind of troubles with. Uh, 
the other two should be easy wins for them. So it's really coming down to that middle one. Absolutely. Well, we'll move on from the league leaders uh, to the prior champions in second place, just two points behind on 26 points, uh, Manchester City uh, and rather Manchester City form uh, only one loss in their last five games. That was a uh, away defeat at Anfield to, to Liverpool. Uh, they boast the best goal differential in the league. They also boast the most goals for in the league. And, by the way, they lead that margin by 11 goals. What do we think of uh, of Manchester City's start to the season so far, guys? Yeah, like you said, we get goals, but whenever we don't score three, four, five, we don't get any like you saw against Liverpool. And that's really got to be better. I mean, especially against good teams like that. Really, against anybody, you got to put two goals up against Liverpool to win that, especially with how we're sometimes leaky. Sure. Yeah, I agree with what Justin said. Looking at their um, previous fixtures, um, yeah, it's usually if they um, don't score the goals, it's, they usually end up um, losing the game. They got Liverpool twice that that's happened against. Um, but, yeah, Man City is going to perform like they've always have, though. They are still doing it. Dominating fashions, big wins. That Manchester United um, game, huge win. Then you had the Southampton, another huge win, putting up goals. They're always going to do it. So I wouldn't put too much emphasis on them not really scoring. Yeah, even this past week against Brighton, we barely got out of second gear and wound up with three goals, which imagine if we actually put it on them and played like we can. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Manchester City look look normal Manchester City fashion, and and uh, we're just waiting for them to kick it up a gear and and really apply the pressure. Uh, their next three before the World Cup, uh, they travel to King Power Stadium this Saturday to take on Leicester, um, and then next week they uh, host Fulham, and after that they host Brentford, and that's their last game before the World Cup. What do we see out of those three games? Just like we've been talking about, it ultimately comes down to whether or not we can score goals. I see us giving up one, maybe two against Leicester and Fulham, who have been able to find goals in their games. Yeah, um, I definitely see them winning the um, last two, especially since both of them are home against Brentford and uh, Fulham. That Leicester City game is really um, enticing me this weekend um, away. It's going to be a big – I think Leicester might be able to pull that one. That's going to be an exciting game. Absolutely. Leicester have been a team that have found their form. We'll get to them later uh, in the podcast as they're a bit down the table. But, yeah, I, I see nine, point, nine points in these next three games for Manchester City uh, leading up to the World Cup. And, and when they'll they'll get their star boy, uh, Erling Holland, where they'll plug him into his charger and let him recharge for two months uh, and so he can wreak havoc again come Christmas time. We'll move to uh, third place in the table, sitting on 23 points, just uh, three points behind City and a total of five off of the lead. Tottenham Hotspur, a bit of shaky form here in the last five games is obviously they lost to Arsenal, the league leaders. Uh, they lost to Manchester United away at uh, uh, Old Trafford. And then uh, they just recently lost at home to Newcastle United. Uh, like I said, sitting on 23 points, um, seven wins, two draws, three losses. What about Hotspur's start to the season, guys? Um, like you said, they can be a bit shaky and, all they want to do is sit back and defend and then counter, which, yeah, that's what, that's how Conte wants to play with them, but they're just giving up too much. And uh, 
one goal down seems to be an insurmountable task for them, and they've gone two down um, to Newcastle and United, and then that's completely undoable for them at the moment, it seems. Yeah, it's just I just don't like the whole way Tottenham play. I could not be not, not coming from an Arsenal fan. This is my honest opinion. I could not be a Tottenham fan just the way they play. I I would just it would suck to see there and sit them sit back all game and just hope that the counterattack hits. It's clearly not hitting against the bigger teams. We've seen that this year. Tottenham underperforming against the top six. So mm-hmm. and then Newcastle, I mean, throw them in now. Look at what they just did against Tottenham. So yeah, I'm not I'm not too surprised by how they're with their, the way they put play and what's happening with the bigger teams. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a frustrating team to watch, and especially if, if you're pulling for the opposition. And also sometimes when you're in neutral because it's just so boring. Uh, but like I said, I mean, it's a strategy that is, is one that has made managers uh, very famous and, and that have won managers Premier Leagues. Uh, off the top of my head, Jose Mourinho with Chelsea uh, and uh, obviously Claudio Ranieri with uh, Leicester. I mean, they, they played – 10 people behind the ball and kick it long to Jamie Vardy, and they won a Premier League that way. Uh, so it, it is a tactic, and, and obviously Diego Simeone, who's not in the Premier League, but at Atletico Madrid has been doing it for, what, the past 11 years, and has been decently successful. He's won a, a La Liga or two, and he's also won a Champions League. It, but, again, it is very frustrating to watch, and it is no fun for anybody uh, anybody who is a neutral or, or an opposition fan. Um, I will say that the counterattacks can be quite creative and, and quite exhilarating to watch with Hanman Sung, Kulisevsky, uh, Harry Kane. Those those three just really create some some crazy moves, and they always have this this nice link up chemistry. It can be fun to watch, but yeah, I, I agree. It's not a uh, it's not best for eighty seven minutes of the game. Looking forward to their next three games before the World Cup. Um, they travel to uh, the Vitality Stadium to take on Bournemouth. Uh, they then host Liverpool and Leeds in their last two matches before the World Cup. Three games. How many points do they get out of those? It could be um, anywhere three to nine, honestly. Uh, Bournemouth, you expect them to go in there and do work, but Liverpool have the quality to put goals on them, and Leeds, is that's going to be a back-and-forth one, I think, more like a basketball game. Yeah, uh, me personally, we'll get the Bournemouth later, but I have them going down this year um so i think tottenham will win that one um it's gonna help them that they have uh liverpool and leeds at home right before the world cup but i don't see them beating liverpool but i see them beating Leeds. so six out of nine for me um i just don't think tottenham's gonna do good against the um top six this, i mean not yeah tottenham against the top six this year i mean just look at their track record already man they've only got one point out of four games against the top six or three games against the top six i'm sorry so yeah not not good that's definitely a fair shout. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact statistics behind it from last season, but I, I don't remember them being excessively impressive against the top six last year either. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, beat everyone else and and hope to get a couple points out of those games and and maybe you can make something shake. Um, we'll move on to uh, the. We'll round out the Champions League places with the team that's in fourth place. Kind of a bit of a surprise here, but with the way they've been playing football, it's definitely not. Uh, Newcastle United holds down uh, fourth place in the league. Um, they sit on 21 points, just seven points behind the leaders. Uh, they have only lost one game. They won five and drawn six. So if you think about it, you turn a couple of those draws into dubs, and, and they're right up there with the best of them. Unbeaten in their last five. Uh, four wins and one draw, the draw coming against Manchester United. Uh, 
their wins coming against Fulham, Brentford, Everton, and Tottenham. Uh, they they looked like uh, Eddie Howe's got this team rolling. What what do we think of Newcastle so far, guys? Yeah, this team's really come together. And if you go all the way back to, what was it, the second or third week in the season, whenever they played City, came out with a 3-3 draw. I mean, that could have been foreshadowing up to where they are now, you know. I mean, anybody who can draw City 3-3, three to three, they're bound to be a, a halfway decent squad, if not a good squad. And as long as Newcastle can find goals consistently, and we, we've seen that they're hard to beat with all those draws, they could really make a run for this top four. Yeah, absolutely. Going off what Justin said, that was a very impressive draw against City early in the uh, season. And, um, man, they're, they're starting to finally get the wins now that they've really needed from these draws that they got early in the season. And it's boosted them up the table. They do have a game over um, Chelsea and Manchester United. So, I mean, you got to keep that in mind. They've played 12. Those teams only played 11. But really happy from what I'm seeing with Newcastle right now, man. I'd love that team when they come in and mess with things in the top six for the big yeah. six. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, eight, eight of the team, eight of the twenty teams in the Premier League uh, had uh, a second or had a game canceled. Uh, not only for uh, the the Queen dying, all teams got a game canceled that weekend. But uh, the next week, they had a, a game canceled uh, due to funeral uh, requirements. So there are teams on eleven point uh, eleven games. There are teams on twelve. I will add this to uh, Newcastle. This team, five wins, six draws, one loss, fourth place. Uh, and they've done it for the majority of the season without their $70 million striker, Alexander Izak. He's only played three games. Uh, and Alan St. Maximin, one of their best wingers, ha- has been out for a majority of this time as well. Uh, Miggy. Miggy's been very impressive. He's been playing, uh, and he's stepped up big. But, I mean, if you think about it, they they have one of, of their starting front three, if you want to call it that. I mean, imagine the front line being Miguel Almiron, Alan St. Maximon, and Alexander Izak. That's a completely different element to their game, and, that, and I think they could probably turn a couple of those draws into wins. Yeah, absolutely. Can't argue with that. That is a very nice front three when they're all playing, how they can play. Absolutely. We'll move uh, to their next three games coming up before the World Cup, and it's a favorable run for them. They host Aston Villa at home this weekend. Uh, Southampton, they travel to next weekend, and then they also get Chelsea at home the last weekend before the World Cup. What do we see out of those three games, uh, and how many points are you looking at for Newcastle? I'm saying of five. Um, like we've seen, they've hard, they're hard to beat. Um, Villa looked a different squad after what happened with them, so maybe they'll draw that one in Chelsea and beat Southampton. But they honestly – the way they've been playing, they could come away with all nine. You never really know. Yeah, the way uh, the way they've been playing, they've been playing really well. And um, two of those games are at home, so that helps them out a lot too. Um, I see them beating Chelsea, man, at, um, and uh, see them beating. I see them getting honestly. Um, well, I'll say seven or nine out of those nine points. I, I think Newcastle is going to come on a roll here until the, the World Cup, and we'll see how they'll come back after the World Cup. Yeah, they look a they look a, a decent side, a, a definitely a much better side from last season where they were in the relegation zone and uh, preparing to sack their manager. Uh, definitely a brand new team this season, and, and I can see them getting seven to nine with UBJ. I think that's a good shot there. Maybe just six if they lose to Chelsea. Uh, but we'll move to Chelsea, who are in fifth place. They are uh, 
seven or excuse me, yes, yeah, seven points off the lead, tied with Newcastle. Um, they have uh, six wins, three draws, two losses, uh, unbeaten in their last five games. Sorry, they've drawn their past two games, uh, including that that last minute uh, goal from Manchester United that drew them level. Uh, what do we think of Chelsea's start to the season? Obviously, they changed managers. Uh, they they've changed the outlook of their team with a lot of new players. Uh, what do we think of the the start of the season for uh, Chelsea Football Club, guys? I'll start with uh, BJ. Um, Chelsea, yeah, they've um, started pretty well, kind of how I expected Chelsea to start. Um, very surprised with the um, managerial change. I wasn't expecting that at the beginning of the season, that's for sure. But I think they got a really good one with Graham Potter. Fits the exact same style that they've already had, so they got the players that Graham Potter wants or he needs for his uh, playing style, so that really helps. I think they're going to um, do pretty good. They got a tough few games coming up that we'll get to here in a minute. But Chelsea, that's uh, kind of what I expected from them. Yeah, and they've really looked a lot better ever since they fired uh, Tuchel. Um, Potter's gone with a more attacking system and um, has started Kepa and goal over Mendy, and he's looked really good. He's been looking like the high-priced goalkeeper that they bought. Um, with three clean sheets in four games. Yeah, so, that's a good shout. Absolutely. Kept yeah. starting. Yeah, all the changes that he's made has really improved this squad, it seems. And Graham Potter's a fantastic manager. Obviously, the things that he's done at Brighton, uh, but but this 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 takeover from Chelsea has been has been brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I agree, guys. I think I think uh, Chelsea look really good. Uh, their next three games are very tough, including this weekend. Uh, Graham Potter will return to the Amex and take on Brighton and Hove Albion for the first time since leaving. Um, after that, they obviously uh, play the league leaders in, in uh, Arsenal, that being a 7 a.m. game on a Sunday. Whew! And then uh, their last game before the uh, World Cup is against Newcastle, like we said earlier. Uh, those three games are, are three uh, decently difficult games. Uh, what do we have point-wise coming from Chelsea in those three games? Yeah, like like I said, and like you said, just said, those are three very rough games. Uh, two out of the three are on the road, not ideal. Um, especially you got Newcastle and Brighton on the road. You do have the one you would like to have at home, at home, which is Arsenal. So, I was obviously I said I think Arsenal uh, beats them. So, um, yeah, I think I I I think they get six out of nine wins over Newcastle. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. That's tough. Fuck. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four out of nine. Yeah, I think it's gonna be four as well. Winning against uh, Brighton, um, just the quality of players there, and then drawing to Newcastle, like we talked about them being hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Way that that helps Newcastle out. Like we just talked about them, that helps them out a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Being home for them. Yeah, uh, Chelsea are Chelsea are in, in, looking good. They're in a good spot after their rough t- start to the season. Uh, we'll move on to uh, the team that is just behind them in sixth place, one point behind them. That is on twenty points, um, six wins, two draws, three losses. Manchester United. Those losses uh, have been uh, pretty pretty rough losses to say the least. Obviously, the one against Brentford that was four 0 The one against City that was six three. Um, but they have been – they've only lost one game in the last five. They've only lost one game in the last five. That was to Manchester United. Uh, they beat Everton. They drew Man Newcastle. City. Yeah, Man City. What did I say? You're good. You said Man United, but you're uh, good. We got yeah. you. No you can't lose. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> they, they beat Everton. They drew Newcastle. Uh, they beat Spurs. 
and, and then they've drawn Chelsea. Uh, really a team struggling for form, new manager, uh, obviously big talking point, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, what, do we, what do we think of Manchester United's season so far now that they're, they're only in sixth place? I mean, I'll start it off. It, it always helps when you bench a fridge. So, yeah, that, that, that helped them out big time. Their season turned around right there when they finally went with Martinez and Varane in the back. Yeah, and they've really looked solid uh, after the first rocky couple weeks um, other than the Manchester Derby. But uh, it seems like the players have really bought into how Ericsson Hag wants to play. <clears throat> and, I mean, like like we said on the first podcast, they look like a lower mid-table team. Um, and they really turned it around looking like they could really climb up the table here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Sitting, sitting solidly in sixth place. Uh, I'll point out they, you know, since they've been benched, the, yeah, last game at Veron got hurt. Uh, so we'll see what they do moving forward uh, in terms of oh, their uh, um, back line. Just, just real. I'm looking at their um, recent fixtures, and I just realized they've already played um, all the other big six uh, teams. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I mean, it's been a it's been a rough schedule, or like like you said, it's been a rough schedule for them so far. Uh, but they're sitting pretty in sixth place. Obviously, the 2-0 the loss to Tottenham, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo walked off the pitch, refused to come on as a substitute late in the game. Um, oh, that was a 2-0 win to Tottenham. One, it? The 2-0 win to Tottenham, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, walked off the pitch, refused to come in late as a substitute. Uh, Eric Ten Hag suspended him for the Chelsea game. Uh, he has since reactivated him for their Europa League game this, uh, this week. Um, Kind of a big talking point there as Ronaldo's caused a lot of drama, but beyond that, you know, Manchester United have not not been an awful team, and they they still have a chance to pounce for those top four places coming up uh, this second half of the season. Their uh, next three fixtures uh, before the World Cup, they have West Ham United at home. Uh, they travel to Aston Villa, and then they travel to Fulham as well. Uh, three games. How many points are we getting out of those, Justin? I'm going to say seven of nine um, draw into West Ham. I mean, even I could see them even beating West Ham to get all nine. Uh, seems like they've really found their quality and their form as of late. And going back to the whole Ronaldo situation, they've, they've or reports have come out where uh, they would take a free transfer in January. And I think getting rid of that distraction in the locker room could really help them. Yeah, um, sucks to see what Ronaldo is doing right now with Manchester United. I've always personally been a Ronaldo fan growing up, so this is not what I want to see. Um, Justin is what Justin said is correct. I, I think they do want to uh, ship him out, free transfer if possible, get him on out of there, and I think it will help um, with the locker room as well. Um, I see them, yeah, beat. I see them beating West Ham. Uh, that Villa away is iffy, but I don't think they beat Fulham away. I, th- I think Fulham's a really, really good team. So um, I see them getting, uh, we'll say, six out of nine. But uh, just a little fact here. Well, not a fact. It's um, right here in front of me. Villa, they play Villa in the Premier League, and then four days later they play them in the um, Carabao Cup. That's pretty another, awkward. There's another one of those duplicates later we'll talk about. Uh, when we get uh, further down the table. Um, but, yeah, I see Manchester United getting on nine points here. Um, 
obviously West Ham and Aston Villa are just finding their form. I think they'll be knocked off their pegs uh, by this Manchester United team, who I think have also found their form. Obviously, the injury to Varane hurts big time. Um, and, you know, I'm do we know how long he's out? I don't know, but he was he was in tears when he left the pitch. Uh, yeah, which which looked a lot like he won't I, be he won't be at the yeah, World Cup for France. So. so I don't think he'll be for the next three games for Manchester United. So that's rough. So it's either Lindelof or or the fridge, like you say. Um, I'm not I'm not throwing the fridge in there. I'm putting Lindelof in if I'm Ten Hag before in the fridge. While we're here, just a little tangent. What do you think of the fridge? The fridge's chances of starting for England if he can't even start for Manchester United. I mean, obviously. Um, I think uh, Southgate's going to bring him, but that's a good question. Does he start? I don't think he does. I don't see how you can start him. Yeah, he definitely shouldn't, but Southgate's proven over and over again that he favors some players versus even the ones in form. So, who knows? That's a fair shout. We'll move on to uh, the team chasing them just on their coattails. Uh, That's uh, Fulham Football Club. Out of London, they're on 18 points. They sit just 10 points off the leaders. Uh, do have a game in hand. They're they're one of the teams that have played 12 games. Uh, they have a the same as Manchester United. They have a zero goal differential. Manchester United is on 16 goals and 16 allowed. Uh, Fulham's on 22 goals and 22 allowed. Uh, so great on offense, not so great on defense. Um, and they have lost two of their last five. Those losses coming from uh, Newcastle and West Ham. Um, but in their last three, they've been unbeaten, and uh, they this recently promoted team are, are looking pretty hot. What do we think of Fulham's start to the season, guys? Yeah, really one of the surprises of the uh, seasons. You wouldn't expect them to be sitting top seven right now, but they've really been getting goals with Mitrovic already having nine, and they've gotten goals from the midfielders up. Um, like you said, they're leaky at the back, also giving up 22 goals. So they can be just a little bit better on defense. You really might could see them finishing top eight. Yeah, um, Newcastle, they've been uh, performing really well. I'm not Newcastle. We're talking about Fulham here, Brandon. Um, Fulham, they've been performing uh, really well. Um, I like the signing of Paulinha in the midfield. He's been a really good uh defensive midfielder for them making all the tackles necessary and putting in some long shots from outside the box that we've seen this year from him so i like that from fulham like i said earlier i think fulham's a good team um looking at the schedule right here they do have some tough games coming up that we'll talk about here in a minute so that sucks to see but the two uh back-to-back wins i like that from fulham yeah, like you said some tough games coming up uh i'd like to see the americans doing well obviously uh Greg Bullhart, Greg Bellhutter, the the United States men's national coach, is not interested in Tim Ream at all, which is a bit unfortunate as he's been decent in the Premier League so far for Fulham. Um, but Anthony Robinson's been playing well, uh, so so it's good to see uh, Fulham, you know, playing decently and, and upping their their game. Obviously, a big win away at Ellen Road against Leeds in a game where they went down one nil and uh, came back to win it three two. Um, their next three games, like you said, are pretty tough this weekend. Uh, they host Everton Football Club. Uh, next weekend, they uh, travel to Manchester City. And then uh, the last weekend before the World Cup, uh, they host Manchester United. What do we see out of those last three games there, Jerm? Oh, man, I only see three points there. And, Jack, you're going to hate <laughs> where those three points are coming from. But, yeah, 
I only see three points there. That's going to be rough. Um, you think Fulham beat us, man? <laughs> yeah, I do, unfortunately. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't see them beating either, either of the two Manchester clubs, which sucks, man. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Beej. I think the three points uh, come from Everton. I mean, Everton struggled to find goals, which we'll talk about here in a minute, but I don't see them competing with City. And United might be a little closer, but they're still going to win based on the quality and form that they're in. Well, I do, well, I do agree with you that uh, Everton have been struggling to find goals. Uh, they've been defensively astute. Um, I think personally that they they come out of those three games with a point. I could see them drawing us, or I could see them drawing Manchester United. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get anything from City going to City, um, but you know they they definitely are a good team. I think they're I think they're punching a little bit above their weight class at the moment. I think they'll be brought down to earth here here soon because uh, it's been a rocky start to the Premier League for a lot of teams. But uh, I had to burp. Yeah, I just I think they get a point going into the World Cup. Uh, they'll get a break during the World Cup, and then we'll see how they come out of the gates afterwards. Uh, sorry, damn. Woo. We'll move on to uh, the, uh, I guess you could say, the most underperforming member of the top six, uh, Liverpool, who sit eighth place in the Premier League on 16 points. Uh, they have four wins, four draws, three losses. Uh, they have a goal differential of nine. They've scored the same amount of goals as Fulham. Um, in, in their past five games, while they've lost two of them, they did beat last year's champions and the best team in the – or, excuse me, they did beat last year's champions, but they did lose to uh, the team sitting top of the table in the Premier League. Um, Liverpool season so far, guys, I'll start with you, Jim. <sighs> I mean, obviously, it's under underperforming because you, you expect them to be uh, top two or three teams in the Premier League. But I think they're picking it up. Uh, that win against Nottingham Forest is not what you wanted to see, so that 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 sucks for them. But I, they'll find their form. They'll I think they'll finish top four still. Yeah, this is my other surprise of the season with them being uh, eighth right now, but. <clears throat> They're kind of beat up, uh, but up top and at the center half position. I mean, Bobby's had to step up, and Klopp hasn't really ever started him, and he's having to start here as of late with um, Diaz hurt, Jata got hurt recently, um, and then at the back, Gomez, he really looked a different player at the back whenever he played City, so they can just get everybody back really see them climbing the table. Yeah, I was going to make that point as well. Uh, Liverpool have had the injury bug no doubt. Uh just to just to rattle off the names, there's uh eight of them is Naby Keita, Ibrahima Konate, the center back who has been very impressive for them last season, Joel Matip, another uh, a center back. Uh, their new signing Darwin Nunes is hurt, Diego Jota's hurt, Luis Diaz is hurt and then uh, their two midfield maestros, uh, Arthur Mello, who they just brought in this season, uh, and Thiago, both hurt. Uh, you know, eight eight very important players. You could argue that six of them are starters for them. Um, they they definitely had the injury bug. Whether that has to do with uh, constant drug testing with the World Cup coming up, who does know? 
but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a rough time for them. Uh, we'll talk about their their next three games. They host Leeds. They travel to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to take on Tottenham, and then they host Southampton. Uh, definitely some tough games. What do you, what do we see out of the next three, uh, Justin? Uh, you never know what you're going to get from Leeds. Uh, I mean, leaky at the back, but they can find goals. I see Liverpool winning. I think Tottenham's going to beat Liverpool, but like I said, Liverpool can always find a goal. And with Southampton, I don't see them having too much struggles with, especially since they play them at home. Yeah, having two um, two of the three home games helps them a lot. Uh, Anfield is a fortress. It will always will be a fortress, so that's going to help them. I think they win both of those home games, just that middle game, Tottenham away. That's a toss-up for me. I obviously want to see Liverpool win, so I say they pick up nine of nine. <laughs> of course you do. You just hate Spurs, don't you? The Spuds? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the opposite. I hate I hate Liverpool, so I definitely want to see Tottenham win. Then I think Leeds give them a run for their money. I mean, Newcastle came in and drew them. Uh, or Actually, I don't know if they drew them. I think didn't Liverpool win it at the last second or something like that? Yeah, they did. So Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle are kind of like a team like Leeds where they just punch you in the face on counterattacks. They're quick. They have a lot of pace. Uh, obviously, a little bit more leaky at the back than than, uh, than Newcastle. But I think that would be a pretty good game, especially with Liverpool coming off that loss to Nottingham Forest. That's got to be pretty embarrassing. Uh, but, yeah, I see six or seven points coming out of the next three games for them. Um, and, and like you said, if they can get their injury bug over with and, and, and get their inhalers back, I think that could be right back up there with the, in the mix. I don't see top four, but I definitely see top six. Uh, we'll move on uh, to Brighton and Hove Albion, who may have had the most uh, unfortunate dealing in their season. Uh, they sit on 15 points uh, in ninth place, and they are winless in their last five games. Um, what do we think of Brighton's start to the season and then, uh, uh, I guess, since they have lost their manager, guys? I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, uh, go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. All right, well, that was obviously a punch in the gut for them as they've been struggling to find form ever since. But we'll say they did outpossess City last game, and the last time we saw that was Brighton as well last year. So they obviously have quality in the squad, especially whenever Trossard's in form. Um, I mean, they just need to get back on their role as – there's a lot of good young players in this squad that have stepped up since they sold some players and the, uh, you know, more veteran guys too. Yeah. Um, they obviously started the season off really, really good, but that was with Graham Potter. And since they got the new manager, they have been struggling to find form. That's not what you want to see bringing a new manager in. But um, I think, Man, I, I want to see Brighton do good, but it's it's tough right now. The Premier League is a very, very competitive league. You see the bottom teams doing good right now. So it's not what you want to see, but I don't see uh, them having to worry about any of that. But oof, Brent, uh, Brighton, uh, I think they'll be fine. Well, my shot of the day comes, and, and this is just beyond crazy to me, guys. I, I don't understand it at all. Uh Brighton, obviously, are struggling to find goals in their last five games. They've scored uh, a total of three – or, excuse me, they've, to they've scored – except for the 3-3 draw from Liverpool in the past four games, they've only scored a goal. Um, 
They're struggling to find goals. They sold Neil Mopay in the summer because he didn't fit the system. They wanted to stick with Danny Welbeck. They sold Neil Mopay for 12 million pounds, right? They let Graham Potter go for less than five. I, I think you could argue Graham Potter was the most important thing to this team. And, and, and here's another one. Unai Emery, obviously, he just signed for he, – he just moved from uh, Villarreal to Aston Villa. We'll talk about that later. He left for – what like uh five or six million? It's yeah, just like, six, million, six million release clause. I mean, you, you, they let these these clubs they let players who are who are you know important or you know decently important to the team go for anywhere between twenty and thirty million. They let these managers go for crumbs. Uh, like how how do you let go? Obviously, you have to let go of Grand Potter because this is his big break. He wants this. He's going to move to Chelsea. But for five million pounds, it's just it's it's just incredibly it's just incredible to me. Uh, I think this. You know, you, you know Chelsea's got the bag too. Why not make him uh, fork it up? Exactly. I mean, he's at least worth twenty million. He's one of the best managers in English football, and he's English. Where where you could charge the English tax? I don't know. I just. I, I it blows my mind, and and I don't want to talk badly about Brighton because they still have the quality, but they they look, you know, they they look like they could be nosediving down the Premier League table if they don't restart their engine quickly. It looks like a plane that's just taken off and is stalled. Uh, they were just finding their form. They're one of the best teams in the Premier League, and now they're now they're struggling big time. And their next three games, uh, they host Chelsea. Uh, they travel to Wolves, which is winnable, and then they host Aston Villa. So it's not really – I mean, other than the Chelsea game, you got two games that are that are uh, they can get something out of, but I, I just – I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think of Brighton? Yeah, Justin. in their next three, I see them getting four. Um, the three will come against Wolves, um, and then they'll draw with Villa, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, – I don't see them doing too much against Chelsea. Um, uh, Wolves, yeah, like, like Justin said, I think I think they'll get 4-6. Uh, I'll go on the 6 side. But, yeah, I think Brighton needs to pick it up for sure. I could see because of, uh, you know, for competition's sake, I see them putting up a pretty good fight against uh, – Against Chelsea, just because Grand Potter's returning and everyone's got a little uh, a chip on the shoulder for that one. Uh, if they do not get three points from Wolves, excuse me, I'll rephrase because he's a new manager. If they do not get at least a point from Wolves, and he needs to get three, but if they don't get at least a point from Wolves, you you got to start to worry if you're a Brighton fan. Obviously, he's going to get the World Cup, and I don't think many of his players are going to leave and go play for their countries in the World Cup because I don't think they're international players. I'm not quite certain on that. Don't quote me. Uh, no, you. Alex uh, McAllister, uh, Argentina. I think Argentina is going to pick him up for the midfield. That's a big loss. Uh, what is Tussard? He's French. I don't think he'll go. Um, yeah, but that's really about it. Yeah, I think, you know, he'll have, obviously, two months to work on his team, which will be helpful, and, and we'll have to see how he comes out at the end of the World Cup. But you you got you to gotta, you gotta worry if you're a Brighton fan. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, we'll round off the top half of the table uh, with West Ham United. Um, a team that, you know, just a few weeks ago, we were wondering if they should sack their coach. They were bottom of the table. They hadn't had a win. They barely, they hadn't even scored a goal. Uh, now they uh, found their form, uh, only one loss in their last five games, and, and that loss was to uh, none other than Liverpool at Anfield, and it was a 1-0 game. Uh, they sit on 14 points. Um, 
We have a negative one goal differential, but uh, definitely a team that has looked to, to, to picked up the pace since since just a few weeks ago. What do we think of West Ham so far, guys? They really oh, just sorry. pick up. I gotta say somebody's name, y'all. I'm sorry. I, I gotta I gotta call out who needs to talk because it's, it's in rough. All right, what do you think of West Ham, Sue? Well, they just need to pick up goals, like you said. Uh, they have 11 goals on the season. And they really splurged in the market going after Skamaka, who had scored 16 last year in Italy. Paqueta, who accounted for 18 total goals. And um, Cornet, who scored nine last year in the Premier League. They got to find goals from somewhere. And then they'll potentially maybe finish top eight. <clears throat> but, yeah, if they can't find the goals, we'll see them continue to underwhelm yeah jack and i were talking about that um before we started the podcast they've all their top uh, goal scorer is uh skamaka and bowen with only two that ties uh wolves with the uh lowest amount for your top goal scorer in the premier league that is definitely not what you want they need to find that goal score and they need to find it quick if they want to compete for a um european um again like they did last year but just looking at their schedule man with the premier league the europe uh europa conference league and the carabao cup they got a packed schedule west ham got games coming up galore so i think it should be pretty easy for them to find that form for goals from their certain players which i think they have here recently you got bournemouth uh two goals i, I mean that's better than nothing so yeah they did get help in that game though uh absolutely yeah, one was a penalty from a handball late, and the other one was a could have been called either way with the handball on career. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it all depends on whether they can score, like we've been saying. Yeah, I have a, a good friend, a great soccer friend. He's a, a he's a great five referee uh, and an Arsenal fan, and um, he he even said the same thing. He, he thought, how how do those – how did that goal West Ham scored against Bournemouth count? I mean, clearly off the arm of the player. No reason that should count. Anyways, you know, other since the first podcast we ever did where we credited VAR for being decent, they have been absolute shite. Um, but West Ham, unlike VAR, has turned it around. They've looked decent. Um, they've, you know, they've gotten their team – gotten their players going a little bit. Uh, and, and I can see them, you know, I think with the Conference League, that definitely hurts them because they don't re- exactly have the depth to be playing in four competitions at once. Uh, but as the season peters out and, and, and they lose a cup game or two, they'll, they'll start to see a, a, an ease in their schedule, and hopefully they'll be able to turn some around. Uh, their next three games, uh, they travel to Manchester United, they host Crystal Palace, and they host Leicester right before the World Cup. What do we see out of those three, BJ? Mm. I only see them picking up. I think Leicester's hot, man. So I only see them picking up three. Not especially if they can't find the goals. Yeah, three points for West Ham out of those uh, three games. That's not what you want either. Yeah, and I agree with you, BJ. And I think that's a maybe because Crystal Palace has quality in their squad too. So you could really see only one or two. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I agree. Uh, we'll move on to 11th place. Uh, we'll start the bottom half of the table. Um, Brentford sit 11th 
uh, with 14 points as well, tied with West Ham. Um, they have lost two in their last five, those two being to Aston Villa, a 4-0 routing, and a 5-1 routing to Brentford. Um, they also have uh, a win against Brighton Hove Albion, a draw against Bournemouth, and a draw against Chelsea. Uh, what do we think of Brentford's start to the season and uh, uh, Thomas Spring's team? Um, I'll start it off, but yeah, I think um, if you would ask me at the beginning of the season, where would you put Brentford right now? Honestly, I probably would have put them lower than this. So I think they're um, overachieving, which is good for them. You just want to see them compete. You want to see them stay alive, stay in the Premier League. So I think they'll fin- uh, finish right around where they're at. So you don't want to see them losing like they did last week, though. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah, they've really been one of the streakiest teams as they'll – beat a team like United and draw to Chelsea. And then the next week they'll lose five to one to Newcastle. So you can find some consistency in this squad. They could really challenge the top half of the table, but if they continue being streaky, you never really know where they could finish up. They've got a favorable uh, next three games for the most part. I guess two of them are favorable. They, they host Wolves. They travel to Nottingham Forest. And then uh, they obviously travel to Manchester City. What do we see out of those three guys? Yeah, me personally, I got Wolves going down. So I think that being at home helps Brentford even more. So I think they'll beat Wolves. Nottingham Forest away. Nottingham Forest like a team that's finally starting to put together the right starting 11. So that's a tough one. I don't think they'll beat Nottingham Forest. And then obviously they ain't beating Man City. So, yeah, three points. Not too good. Yeah, I'm going to go with four um, drawing to Forrest. You uh, never really know what you're going to get out of Forrest either, so I could see a draw there easily. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think three or four points is, is a fair shot for Brentford. Uh, Ivan Tony really kind of helping that team stay alive with his penalties. Um, and, and, you know, they, they that just... man, that man knows how to score a penalty, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got to be in the England squad just for that ability. Yeah, that's helpful, I will say. Yeah, he obviously I don't think he'll ever make the field if Harry Kane's healthy, but yeah, he he definitely has a shout to be in the England squad. Um, with that, we'll move on to twelfth uh, place. That's Everton Football Club. Um, three. They're they're one, they are one of the teams that have played twelve. Don't don't leave that out. Brentford or well, yeah, yeah, Everton are West Ham, Brentford. Uh, Fulham, Newcastle, Tottenham, all those teams have played 12. Everton have played 12. They're on 13 points, uh, three wins, four draws, five losses, uh, a negative one goal differential, um, two wins in their last five. Uh, what do we think of Everton so far this season, guys? Um, Those three losses are against, like, what would you consider European teams this year? So Manchester United, Tottenham, and Newcastle. So you kind of expect that two of them away. So yeah, you, that's definitely something you would expect. So I mean, you you see them picking up the wins they need to get. So that's good. Um, that three zero win against Crystal Palace that was really nice. Then uh, before the three losses, you had two straight wins against West Ham and uh, Southampton. So I mean, I don't I don't think Everton's going to be a team that's going down this year. At least I don't think so. But Never really know. They can't find the goals. That's when he starts to worry me. Yeah, they've been really good on the defensive side. Um, and they've only scored 12 goals, three of which came last week. So 
with how they played defensively, if they could find more goals, uh, they could really finish, I'm going to say, 12th, 10th to 12th even. Um, <clears throat> it just comes down to whether they can score goals because we've seen how they look at the back. Yeah, obviously my team, so I'll give you uh, – take this with a little bit of bias, but I, I honestly think that there's – it it doesn't it's not that bad obviously uh you lose away to newcastle one nil in a game you dominate the second half but you just don't have anything going forward and newcastle are great defensively so there's no takeaway there uh spurs spurs beat us uh you know there were two chances in the first half could have grabbed something didn't oh well uh harry kane got a penalty harry kane's gonna finish this penalty and then chasing the game you give up another one and then the manchester united game I mean, you go up one nil early in the first half at home and and on a rainy, wet night in Liverpool, you make two mistakes and you go, you give up two straight goals. Like I said, I mean, uh, the first mistake, there was two passes and then a goal from Anthony. And then the second mistake, there was one pass and then a goal from Ronaldo. So, you know, the, the transition is obviously a problem. The only other two games they've lost were Chelsea the first day of the season. Obviously, we didn't have a striker. And the second week in the season, losing to Aston Villa 2-1, again, didn't have a striker. And uh, we made we made our own bet in that one. Dom, I think this is the first game Dominique Calvert-Lewin really looked like he was up for it. I think the Newcastle game, he, he didn't really have the service. This game, he got a lot more service. Going forward, if we can get Dom back to Dom, to 2020 Dom, I think we have a pretty good chance of finishing uh, in between 8th and 12th. Uh, but again, you, know, you just got to be competitive, and that back line definitely helps us, helps us be competitive. Uh, we'll talk about Everton's next three games. Um, like I said earlier, there was a team that also had to play a Carabao Cup fixture against a Premier League fixture. Uh, Everton play coming up. We've got Fulham this weekend, Leicester next weekend. Uh, we play Bournemouth on a Tuesday night, and then we play Bournemouth on a Saturday right before the World Cup. How many do y'all see out of, out of those three games? That Fulham away is not looking good for y'all. Leicester City, like Justin and I have been saying, I think they're a team in form. They're finding their uh, stride finally. That might only be a draw for y'all. It helps y'all out that it's at Goodison Park. Um, and that Brentford, I mean, Bournemouth, I I personally think Bournemouth's a team going down, so I'll give you three there. I see three or four, Jack. Yeah, I really see three. Um, again, <laughs> um, that Fulham one will be tough, uh, like you said, and Leicester. They've been finding goals. That really hasn't been the problem for them. The problem for them has been giving them up. So, yeah, I think it's just Bournemouth where you see three points. I may be biased. I'm obviously biased. I'll say I'll give a six. I think I think uh, a six or seven, honestly. I think Fulham, Fulham, away, <laughs> Fulham away is a tough game. I agree with you guys. Fulham away is a tough game, and they're a very good team. Jessica, I think um, – uh, we're we're a tough team to score against. Whether and, and Alexander Mitrovic is a, is a through and through scorer, but Connor Cody and James Tarkowski are both playing very very well, and they're both trying their hardest to get into the England team for this World Cup, and they both look very well. Uh, Leicester obviously have found their form, but they're still shaky. Uh, they give up goals like it's nothing, and, and I think you know uh, with twenty four goals against on their season, I think we could find one or two there. I think we handle Bournemouth. I don't see that being a problem for us. But, again, we're not a very consistent team either. So, um, I think in the three games there, I think we give up two goals. Uh, it's just about how many we can score. 
Uh, we'll move on then to uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace with two losses in their last five games. Not a terrible record in their last five games. Uh, they've only played 11 games, so they're one behind everybody else. And they sit on 13 points even with uh, Everton. Uh, what do you think about Crystal Palace support, guys? Justin, you can go ahead. Um, I mean, they've been kind of shaky here and there, but they've got a good bit of young guys with potential. And if they can step up being led by Zaha, um, you know he's going to get dribbles past people, but he's got to create more better chances. So they could really get to click and they could finish top half. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how they play, really. It kind of is a hit and miss, like I said. Yeah, um, coming from me, I've always want to see um, an Arsenal legend do good. So Patrick Vieira, I had um, him uh, doing really good this year with uh, Crystal Palace as uh, the manager for them. I had them doing um, competing for a European spot. So this is uh, really surprising to me, honestly. I want to see them do better. They already, they've played a lot of they've big six already. They played one, two, three, four. Four out of uh, five out of the big six already. So, yeah. Oh man, it's rough. <laughs> I just I like Crystal Palace, so it's rough for me. I like him as well. I, I think, like I said earlier, in, in, when uh, the lineups came out, they obviously played Everton this past weekend and got thwarted three nil. Um, when the lineups came out, I said it like all they need is you know a replacement for Jordan Ayew and a replacement at right back, and they could be a really, really solid team. Um, so January could be a big month for them. But, again, they, they just – with with the inconsistency that they present, they just don't look like a team that can can reach uh, European football this season. But definitely mid-table and no worries about having to go down or anything like that. I think they're, I think they're in decent form. Their next three games, they host Southampton, they travel to West Ham, and then they travel to Nottingham Forest, so three easily winnable games. I'll mention the two after the World Cup before the uh, the start of the new year. They host Fulham, and then they travel to Bournemouth. So really five winnable games coming up, obviously with a two-month break in between them. What do we think of, of just the three games before the World Cup from Crystal Palace here? Um, I'll go first. I think, um, I think Crystal Palace, it sucks that um, two out of the three are on the road at West Ham and Nottingham Forest. I'll give them the Nottingham Forest game. Um, and then I think they'll um, hopefully get a point from Fulham. So I'll give them four out of nine. Four? You talking about a point from Southampton? Uh, he said beat Mountain Forest and then – oh, yeah. Yeah, draw to, uh, draw to Fulham. Southampton. West Ham. Which one? Oh, I'm looking – yeah, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm looking ahead. That's – Completely forgot about the Southampton game. Um, yeah, okay, that Southampton game. Um, yeah, sure. I'll see them beat Southampton since it's home. <laughs> so you got six? Six. No. Yeah, six, six, yeah, six. Six. <clears throat> six. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you with six coming from those two and maybe squeaking out a draw against West Ham. Um, like we talked about them not being able to find goals. so. Really depends, but yeah, I could see six. Yeah, uh, they got the talent, man. They really do. It's just it's just putting it all together and not and not allowing goals. 
Yeah, I think six is a good shout for for Crystal Palace. We'll move on to uh, Bournemouth, a recently promoted team. They're in 14th. Uh, they have played 12 games, and they're even with Crystal Palace and Everton on 13 points. I only sit behind them in goal differential. Uh, obviously, they have a negative 15 goal differential because they they face some uh, some serious routings. But like we said a couple of times, they've looked fairly decent since since sacking Scott Parker um, with big results, uh, especially winning against Leicester. Their past two games, though, they've lost to Southampton and they lost 2-0 to West Ham. What do you think of Bournemouth season so far, guys? Yeah, with the last two, like you said, starting to be what we expected them to do, just lose and not get goals. But they have looked good ever since sacking uh, – you said it was Parker? Yeah, Scott, Scott Parker. Parker. Yeah. yeah, and ever since starting Neto and goal. But he went off at halftime last game hurt. So if they have to start um, – their other keeper will – I mean, I, I think that really hurts them. Definitely. I mean, not. yeah, like I've been like I've been saying, I think Bournemouth's uh, a team that's going down this year. I don't think anything's changing. They're, they just don't look like a good team to me. Yeah, they have their spurts here and there. But it, like Justin said, if Neto's out for a while, we don't really know how long he's out. I don't, I don't even – I didn't even know he was injured, to be honest with you. But – um. If he's out for a while, this could be a really big injury for Bournemouth. So you've you've now said that three teams are going down. So your three teams going down are Bournemouth, Wolves, and uh, Forest? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, again, I, I think Bournemouth really were punching. They were like Fulham. They were punching way above their weight early in the season. Uh, and, and I think you saw that against uh, City and uh, Liverpool when they got absolutely thrashed. Um, definitely a decent side. I think Scott Parker was not wide of the mark when he says their their squad is not fit for the Premier League. Uh, they can obviously steal points, which they have. They've uh, you know they've won three games, which is impressive. Uh, but I just don't think I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna make it through the entire thirty eight. Uh, they host Tottenham. They they travel to Leeds and then they host Everton in their next three. How many points you seeing out of that? I personally don't see any unless they can maybe squeak something out against Leeds. I mean, we all know how Leeds are uh, leaky and they'll get goals. So it kind of depends on what they do that game. Yeah, I agree with Justin here. I don't think they get any points, man. Um, but just, yeah, looking at the schedule real quick, um, I forgot to mention this uh, about their um, games. They uh, Their wins, they really caught teams that weren't in form at all. They got uh, Villa at their, as their first game. They had Nottingham Forest as a win, middle of the season when they were struggling to get that lineup. And then uh, Leicester City. So they really call uh, teams when they run in form at all. And that's how I feel like they've gotten most of their points. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, BJ. I can't see a point coming from this unless they grab one at Leeds. Uh, Leeds are, you know, very inconsistent as well. Uh, it just really depends. Uh, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Uh, we'll, we'll move on from Bournemouth to uh, 15th place. Uh, Aston Villa just sacked their manager. Steven Gerrard has been removed. They just hired uh, Unai Emery, his his return to the Premier League. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, they sit on 12 points, just a point behind uh, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Everton. Uh, they've, they have, uh, up until this past week, they had lost four or they had not won in their past four games, but they just routed Brentford at home. Um, really just kind of a big middle finger to Gerard. You know, middle, Gerard was sacked uh, the 19th of October, and then 
four days later on the Sunday of October, uh, Sunday 23rd of October, they, um, yeah, on the Sunday of the 23rd of October, they absolutely routed, uh, who did they route? Sorry, guys. Uh, Brentford. They routed Brentford. I mean, just, they, I, what, they were up 3 0 within 15 minutes. What do we think of Southampton so far? Yeah, uh, that seems to be what they needed to uh, maybe electrify them a little bit. Um, and like you said, they're bringing in a really good coach. And uh, reports that I've seen is that he's going to get a little bit of money to potentially improve this squad. And a squad that has players, I mean, with everybody they got, they have, you know, at their best, some world-class players. So kind of – depends on who else they bring in and what uh, Emery can do to reignite this team. Yeah, I think Emery's going to improve the team. Uh, He won't be in charge uh, this weekend against Newcastle, but he will be in charge against Manchester United, and I think that's going to be a big game from him. But um, for like Justin said, um, they're going to get some money um, for him in the January transfer window. I imagine they can find some more Grealish money laying around, so that'll help them out. I, I, obviously, this their season. I had a, won't really talk about how they previously done because they finally got rid of their manager that they've needed to get rid of for a while. I don't think Gerard was ever the right um, answer at uh, as a head coach in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean they they've uh, they've definitely spent a, a pretty good amount of money so far. Like I said, I mean they got Lucas Digne, they got Diego Carlos, they got Danny Ings, they brought in Coutinho on massive wages. Uh, Samada, um, El Ghazi, who obviously has been a player with them for a while. I think they, they just sold him. Uh, Leon Bailey, who's found a bit of form recently, but up to date has not been very good. Uh, so it'll be good to see Emery get get some some of his own players. Uh, but again, I think sacking Steven Gerrard was the right move. They just He lost the locker room a while ago. They seemed to not be happy playing for him. And the fans... Uh, one of the things about being a Premier League manager of a of a historic club like Aston Villa, one of the first ever English football clubs, you gotta you gotta relate to the fans. You gotta make the fans like you. If the fans don't like you, you're never gonna last. And obviously, he just the fans hated him. Uh, Aston Villa in their next three games, not the easiest road either. So it'll be tough for Unai Emery. Obviously, he won't be in charge this weekend against Newcastle. He takes over November first. Uh, so they have they travel to Newcastle this weekend. Um, Unai Emery takes over, and then they have Manchester United at home, and they travel to Brighton. What do we think of their next three, guys? Very tough three, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe three from Brighton, but I mean, with how Newcastle's been in form, I don't see them getting anything there. And United, I mean, they're in form too, so maybe three against Brighton's all I can see. No, I think um, Emery's going to be really good for this team. He's a big game um, coach, head coach. He always shows up in the big games. He knows how to prepare for them and prep for them and get a team ready. So I think he's going to be a really big part to his first game in that Manchester United game. Um, we'll see how that goes. I think, honestly, they will hopefully will win. Um, that Newcastle win game this weekend, that's a loss for me. And then uh, Brighton away, that's a tough one, maybe a point. So I hope, I hope to see them get four points here. The next three. So you think they? Yeah. You think they been... beat Manchester United? Yeah, I hope so. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I just I, I, mean, I don't see it coming. Uh, I mean, they 
That's a rough three games, obviously. And then and then to point out, after the World Cup, I know we're only talking about before the World Cup, but after the World Cup, they come back. Uh, the, the day after Christmas, they face Liverpool at home, and then they travel to Tottenham Hotspur on, on New Year's Day. So it's really not a very good, easy five games. They play three of the top six, and then Newcastle, who should be up there, and Brighton, who have been decent other than the last five games. What were you going to say, Sue? Um, I think Villa might be the squad that could benefit most from the World Cup great. Uh, World Cup break, to be honest. I mean, given... Yeah, I, I agree completely. How many players do they have leaving out on international duty? Not many. Yeah, any. I, I, maybe Diego Carlos. Emmy well, Martinez. Martinez, yeah. Yeah, Martinez. You yeah. think Diego Carlos goes for... Um, well, he's Spanish, isn't he? I thought he was Brazilian. Let's look. But, no, he's Brazilian. Uh, he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Buendia might go as well. Um but yeah, given that six weeks off, let Emery really. Yeah, Diego Carlos ain't going for Brazil, Jack. No way. Sorry, Justin. Uh, but give Emery six weeks to get his system in, and then you got the transfer market opening up a week after. It could really be what they needed. Yeah, I, I agree completely. You think Diego Carlos is is worse form than Fred? Diego Carlos is a center back. You're talking about you're talking about Douglas Louise. Ah, I'm talking about Douglas Louise. All right. Anyway, sorry. Cut all of that. Clip that soda. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So that's done with Aston Villa. Uh, Justin, you need a pee. No, I'm good. Okay, let's do this. I do. But all right, we'll move on to Southampton. We're doing. We're making pretty good time. We're at an hour right now, and we're almost three quarters of the way done. Um, actually, we are. All right, moving on. Uh, 16th place, Southampton. Uh, they're on 12 games. Uh, they had three wins, three draws, six losses, negative uh, eight goal differential, 12 points, like I said. Um, but they're one of the teams that only have two losses in their last five games. Um, what do we think of Southampton so far, guys, in their young squad? I'll start off. Um, yeah, that's um big uh, past three games for them. Uh, what is that, five points out of the nine? That's, that's pretty good for a team like Southampton. Big draw against um, Arsenal. I Obviously, I think the ref had a little bit of play in that, but I won't go in depth in that. <laughs> but it's just you, you like to see um, a team like Southampton putting up um, performances like they have been in their past three games. Very exciting to see. I mean, obviously, it makes the Premier League just that more competitive. Yeah, the, like you said, the youth in this squad. Uh, I think everybody really needs to step up and really start proving their potential. Um, yeah, that might be a big ask, but they've proven to be uh, tough to beat at St. Mary's. So if they could do that away, they could really be not in the relegation battle, which is kind of where I see them at this point. Um, and uh, another good quality in this team is that they can come back. Uh, eight of their 12 points they've earned from a losing position. That's a good quality to have in a team, but you don't want to be doing that every game as you'll start to give up too many points. Uh, that's something from Liverpool uh, that we forgot to mention. So, yeah, absolutely. You got it. If you're in a winning position, you got to You got to hold that. Um, and, and, and again, I mean, Southampton's been one of those teams. They've been middle to bottom table. Uh, they have. I think they've had one relegation fight in, in recent times, but. You know, they've committed to younger players. They sold Danny Ings and, and really reinvested in their youth. 
I think really this weekend's result, a massive result, drawing the the top of the table Arsenal, who have been one of the best teams in the league, uh, and then last weekend's result showing that they can do it against uh, recently promoted side Bournemouth, uh, a huge result as well, uh, and even a draw against West Ham the week before, both really big results. Um, I will deny my bias for a minute. They should have beat Everton. I, Everton dominated the first half, and then and then they scored the first goal to go up, and then just folded five minutes later. I mean, it was two one within five minutes after they scored that goal. They should they they should have held on for that one. There's a couple of other games that they should have done better in. Um, but Ralph Hasselhuten has you know the World Cup break to to get right, and I think there's a chance that they can they can figure some stuff out. Southampton, you know. I could see them fighting a relegation battle, but I think that they're they're clear unless unless things happen with wolves that we were not seeing coming. Um, and with that, Southampton's next three games: uh, they travel to Crystal Palace, uh, they host Newcastle, and then they travel to Anfield to take on Liverpool. So not a favorable next three games uh, for them. What do you see them getting out of that? If you see them getting anything out of that, guys. Justin, you can go ahead. All right, um, Crystal Palace, that one's going to be a tough one, especially away. Uh, I don't really see them getting anything there. They might could uh, steal a point. Um, Newcastle comes to them the next week. Uh, that'll be a tough one as well. But, you know, they have two losses at home this year and a bunch of draws and a couple of wins there. So they're hard to beat at home. So maybe they steal a point there and, Against Liverpool, I don't see them doing much. So maybe two. Yeah, I see. Like Justin said, one or two max, two draws. Definitely, definitely don't see them winning any of these games. Unfortunately, um, like like Jack, like you said, it's a very good uh, point you made. Um, if uh, Wolves can somehow put something together, this is definitely a team to give a, a shout to to go down for sure. In my opinion, mm-hmm. did, you, did you say I had a good point? Yes, I did. I appreciate that, BJ. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't see him getting a point out of the next three. I think Crystal Palace are on a redemption after uh, the past weekend, uh, and I think they beat Southampton. I don't see them getting anything out of Newcastle, and I don't see them getting anything out of Liverpool, especially at Anfield. I think if they were hosting Liverpool, uh, there may be a chance, but I think Liverpool, again, like it seems that Liverpool play a bad game, and they're like, ah, we can't do it twice in a row, and then they'll come out and they'll win a big game, like, like at City or, you know, whatever. Uh, just don't see it, uh, personally. But, against the Premier League, anybody can beat anybody. Uh, with that, we'll move on to 17th place, just above the relegation zone. Uh, newfound form team, Leicester City, the Foxes. Uh, they have won three games. They have drawn two games. They have lost seven games. That's tied with the worst in the Premier League, seven games. Um, they've scored 21 goals, so no problem scoring goals. They have given up 24. But in their last five games, they've only lost one, and that was to Bournemouth. Not a great loss uh, to have. But but they've also uh, routed Wolves, routed Leeds, and uh, routed Nottingham Forest 4-0. Um, and I shall say Danny Ward with uh, three straight clean sheets four in his last five have been clean sheets and two men in the match awards uh what do we think of lesser city in their newfound form um yes yeah, definitely something they needed to find and they needed to find it quick um 
I don't think Brandon Rogers was ever a, a man like we've talked about it, but I don't think he was ever a manager that was in question of being stacked. I think he had the backing of Leicester City one hundred percent. But um, th- not the start you wanted at all. But very there. But the fans are very happy to see them finally picking up some form and having three games unbeaten. Yeah, the team with this quality, you wouldn't really expect to be sitting on eight points at this point in the year. And uh, as far as Rodgers goes, uh, at some point you have to question him, in my opinion, because they've dropped 30 points or so from a leading position uh, in the past – or in 2022. And they've only won three of their last 20 games, and two of those have come against teams that were later relegated and the other is to a struggling Wolves team right now who we think could be relegated this year. So, yes, some of that's on the players, but some of that's got to be on the manager too for uh, not giving the right team talks at half or, you know, not having the right mindset in training. Um, But forget about top half of the table right now. If they want to stay up, they really need to keep stringing these results together, I think. And it's going to be a, a difficult task for them, uh, especially with their next three games. And then uh, a, a team, again, that we'll talk about the two after uh, the World Cup. Um, but specifically the next three games, they host Manchester City at home. Uh, they travel to Goodison Park to take on Everton. And then they travel to the London Stadium to take on West Ham. Um, after the World Cup, uh, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, they, they host Newcastle. And then they have to travel to Anfield on the 30th of December Take on Liverpool. What do you think of the uh, just the three games before the World Cup, City, Everton, and, and West Ham, guys? You can go, Justin. Uh, I mean, I think they give City a run for their money, seeing that they can score goals, but I see City outclassing them. Um, Everton and Leicester, I think, That'll be a good one because you got one of the best offenses versus the best defense in the league. But I think offense prevails in that one. So three points there. And maybe one against West Ham. So I'm going to go four. Maybe. Um. Yeah, I, I see. I see four. Like you're saying, I don't think they beat uh, Man City, but I think they uh... – Beat Everton, I would think so, but you know, you never really know. And then West Ham, yeah, both of those games are away, so that's kind of tough. Yeah, realistically, I can see either two or four. Um, I think they lose to Man City, obviously, um, and they either beat West Ham or they beat Everton, um, and they get a draw against the other one, hopefully. But again, I could see, I could also see two where they just draw both of them. It's it's two tough games, no doubt. Um, and to follow up. I feel like we, we missed this comment. Uh, Newcastle has the best defense in the league, actually, uh, with only 10 goals allowed, mm. and they've played 12 games. They haven't even played their – they haven't even played uh, – they aren't even one of the teams that have played 11. So that's that's pretty impressive stat on Newcastle's part. Um, with that, everyone else, uh, all the other teams that are tied for second are Arsenal, uh, City, Chelsea, and Everton with 11 points allowed uh, – 11 goals allowed. But uh, – yeah, I, I could see either two or four points from Leicester City. Uh, we'll move to the relegation zone, not where you want to be. And well, Hang on. Um, with Leicester, talking about Newcastle, uh, I've seen reports where they're going to go back in for Madison. So if Leicester decides to sell Madison, they could really be in trouble as Madison's been one of the only ones in form for them. Yeah, they'll have to reinvest that money very well because if they sell Madison, they're in big, 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 big trouble. 
Mm-hmm. Or Tillman's as well. I see Tillman's moving as well. It just depends. He's been the talk of a lot of yes. transfer discussion. Especially since he said he's not going to re-sign for Leicester and his contract runs out next summer. That's right. With that, we'll move on to the relegation zone um, where uh, we find uh, Leeds, United States of America, uh, in 18th place on only nine points, just two wins, three draws, and and six losses. Um, Negative five goal differential, and uh, they've lost four of their last five. and they've only played one of the top sixteen in the in the last five games as well. Not looking pretty for the American uh, Jesse Marsh and, and his American cohorts. What do we? Uh, what do you think of Leeds United States so far, guys? I mean, yeah, rough, rough stretch for them for sure. Um, they had a good start to the season, kind of fell apart after that. Um, not what you want to see from Leeds, that's for sure. I don't think Jesse Marsh is under any fire right now. That, but that could change if you continue to do what he's doing. I mean that that great start to the season you speak of is a two-one win against Wolves on the first day, who are arguably one of the worst teams in the Premier League. Uh, really, the only big game that stands out is the three-one win against Chelsea on the road, and that was um, a, a rough one for Thomas Tuchel. I don't even think he was on the sideline for that one. Actually, if you think about it. Or actually, he was. He shouldn't have been. Um, and then, other than that, I mean, they drew against Aston Villa. They drew against Everton. But have since yet to pick up a point. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, they, they've been poor ever since beating Chelsea. Um, and they've really been struggling to find goals. Um, and they've been leaky at the back, which is per usual. But... They're at full strength now with Bamford and Rodrigo both being back from injury. Um, so you would think the goals would come. And as far as being leaky at the back, they could give up one, maybe even two, and get a point out of it. But they can't be giving up three, four, five like they have been. Uh, they they have the firepower to get back from one or two, but you can't ask that three, four, five down. Yeah, a little reminiscent of the Bielsa days, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a tough road for them uh, up into the World Cup, and even after the World Cup, they're another one of those teams that really are are looking looking shaky. They they have to go to Anfield this weekend. Uh oh, lost somebody. Oh, there he goes. I don't know what that's going to do to the recording. Hopefully, it doesn't do much. I'm but, sorry, I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button. Um, they have to go to Anfield to take on Liverpool. Um, they host Bournemouth. Uh, at home at Ellen Road, and then they have to travel to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to take on Tottenham. Uh, after the World Cup, they host Manchester City, um, and then they have to travel to Newcastle. So really not a great five games. We'll only speak on the three, obviously, Liverpool, Bournemouth, and Tottenham. What do you think of Leeds' next three games, guys? Um, I only see them getting three out of the nine. Yeah, and that one's obviously Bournemouth in the middle. Um and even then, it comes down to how they played, whether or not they get zero, one, or three points out of that one. Yeah. I, but, yeah, I really feel three. I, I think on the high end, on the very, very high end, like like if I wasn't betting my money and I was trying to make as much money as possible, I would put them for four points. Whether they get that point against Liverpool or Tottenham, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I don't. It's 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 definitely a rough stretch for them. I 
there there's not much in there. Uh, Bournemouth maybe, but but again, Bournemouth have been a decent team so far in the Premier League, coming off the back of two straight losses. I guess we'll see. Uh, but that's part of it when you're in the relegation zone. Every every game that you play looks like a looks like a tough loss, or excuse me, a tough game to play. We'll move on uh, to second to last place, also tied on nine points. I should say all three teams in the relegation zone are tied on nine points. Uh, it's just a goal differential that separates them. Wolverhampton Wolver, Wolverhampton Wonders, um, I will say Leeds have played 11 games compared to everyone around them. Uh, the only team that has not played 11 games in the bottom 14, from 14 to 20th, is, is Leeds. So uh, Wolverhampton Wonders are on 12 games, two wins, three, three draws, and seven losses. Um, and uh, they have only won one in their last five. That was against the uh, bottom of the league, Forest. Uh, one no win there. Uh, Wolves guys uh, just sacked their manager, Bruno Large. He's out. What you got, guys? What do you think of the the Wolves here so far? Yeah, they did sack Large, but he can't score from the sideline, which is all he can do is put the right eleven out there to try. <laughs> Um, and, you know, that's where they've had problems as, as they've only scored five goals all year. I mean, Sa is decent in goal, but you can't ask the keeper to do everything. And scoring goals is obviously the issue. Uh, so you would really think that they could get them between Potence and Neves to their new signing Nunez or even uh, Costa up top. But if they can't get goals, I see them in a relegation spot or fighting relegation all year. Yeah, I think Justin put it perfectly. Um, they just can't find the goals right now, and it's very, very surprising from a team like they, all the talent they have. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, honestly, I can't say it better than what Justin did. If they can't find the goals, they'll be in this battle all, all season long, and I think they'll be in the relegation battle at the very end and lose it. Yeah, I think you – I think you got to – I think you have to question – a lot of Wolves, uh, especially summer strategy. Again, they let their senior defender and captain, Connor Cody, go on a loan with an option to buy for less than £5 million. They let one of their best defense, center defensive mids in Leandro Dendonker go uh, to, to Aston Villa. Uh, they sold Morgan Gibbs-White, who looks a brilliant attacker for Nottingham Forest. I mean, obviously he's not – He's not coming into form quite yet with not no force, but he looks he looks the part, and he looks like he could could have really helped out this Wolves team. I mean, we said it at the beginning of the year, Justin. You specifically said it. This is one of the best midfields in the Premier League. They brought in Matthias Nunes, uh, obviously Ruben Neves, uh, and Gonzalo Guedes up top. I mean, they have seriously a lot of quality and a lot of talent. Brought in Nathan Collins from Burnley, a young defender. Uh, they got Adama Traore back from Barcelona, who uh, his his goal output isn't isn't all that, but his create his creation and, and his ball carrying ability is, is unmatched in the Premier League. It's just it, it's it's really just a, a crapshoot, and, and I really think they have to get their managerial appointment correct. And I think they have to get their managerial appointment correct before the World Cup. You have to give the new manager time to make something happen with this team, and. I haven't I haven't heard of any links yet except for Mauricio Pochettino. Have you guys heard of anything? No, I haven't. 
and our ears are pretty much to the ground. I mean, we're not obviously in England, but we, we listen to pretty much anything that we can hear. And I mean, even, you know, the, the crappy outlets aren't even saying anything. So, uh, prayers up for Wolves. They have, uh, a tough run up into the World Cup. They've got, uh, they, they traveled to the GTEC Community Stadium and face Brentford. They host Brent, Brighton and Home Albion. And then last week before the World Cup, they host Arsenal. What do you see out of those three guys? Justin, you can go ahead. Um, the only one that I see them really competing in is Brentford. And, I mean, as we're going to say time and time again with this Wolves team, it all depends on whether they can get a goal or not. I mean, I could see Brentford going in there and winning 2 nothing, or I could see Wolves coming out with a one nothing win. So it's kind of up in the air for me for that one. But that's the only one that they can even get a point from, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with Justin here. I don't see them doing too much with anything in these games. I mean, this this team just can't find the goals to save their lives right now, and I don't I don't see them getting much of anything out of these uh, three games. I honestly no no points. Yeah, I think they they have a chance maybe against Brentford and, and Brighton, but uh, no chance against Arsenal. And, and I think it's just going to be zero points for them. Uh, a rough a rough for them. Like I said, if if something doesn't change ASAP, they may be one going down, and. Uh, Speaking of that, we'll, we'll reach the bottom of the table here uh, towards the end of the podcast here. On 12 games, two wins, three draws, and seven losses, the same as Wolves, uh, just with uh, just with um, two, excuse me, with a negative 15 goal differential. They scored more goals than Wolves, but they've also let in a lot more goals than Wolves. Uh, on nine points, you have Nottingham Forest, the recently promoted side. And honestly, guys, I'll make this, I'll make this statement before I let you guys talk. I thought that they would have been the most well-off recently promoted side, but uh, only one win in their last five games, albeit that win against Liverpool. Uh, really, really struggling, uh, not doing great. What do What do we have? Uh, what do we have for Nottingham Forest here, guys? I mean, it's basically just a team that can't find the right starting eleven. They brought in so many um, new signings. Uh, what almost what over two uh, new starting 11s they could have made out of their signings. So it's just. It's rough, man. Uh, you like to see them give their manager the actual shot. They um, signed him to an extension, which was surprising when people thought they might have sacked him. Um, it's just about finding the right starting eleven, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, they spent a hundred over one hundred sixty million euros on uh, transfer fees and wages this year, and instead of bringing in you know six, seven, eight quality players, they just you know, went for everybody. So, I mean, maybe smart, a little bit more smart spending could have done them some good. But like you said, they just got to find the right 11. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. They sacked their director of recruitment right after all, right after letting him buy 23 new players. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like, wow. I feel like they had all summer. They knew they were going up when they won the, the, the uh, playoff, which was the same day as the Champions League final. They had all summer. Uh, to plan and to choose who they wanted to buy. Smart buys, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, brilliant buy there. Um, mm-hmm. And Emmanuel Dennis is another really good buy. But, you know, the Jesse Lingard free transfer, that's a lot of money spent on. And he had a good season with West Ham, but also at the same time, like, you know, do you know he's going to be good now? It, it, ugh, that's just... It screams 
mismanagement when you when you let somebody spend all that money and, and bring in all those players and then sack them. It screams mismanagement. And uh, you know their next three games they ho- they travel to Arsenal. Uh, they host Brentford and then they host Crystal Palace to round out their pre World Cup venture. So I don't see I don't see any points in those in those three games. The only point I can see them picking up is against Brentford, and I think Brentford handled business. What do you guys say? I mean, yeah, yeah. it helps that they have Brentford at home and Crystal Palace at home. Obviously, I don't see them picking up anything in that Arsenal away game. So uh, maybe two points if that's zero. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you are saying. Um, they're starting to find the right 11, but I don't – I mean, they might get still a point, maybe two here or there, but I kind of agree with everything y'all said about them. Rough there. So I think uh, Forrest are one of the teams that go down, um, and and, and they're, in, they're in a tough spot. So I guess we'll see what happens with them. I think, I think again – Zero points for them, and, and I think that's been the general consensus around. Well, that wraps up this table uh, summary from the guys here. Again, uh, we hope to be back bringing you weekend uh, d- week recaps and, and predictions soon. Uh, obviously, life's more important than a pod, but the pod is a lot to us. If you listen this deep, you are truly special to us. Send us a message on Twitter. DM us. Give us your thoughts. We'll post them on the next episode. Interact with us on Twitter. Email us. It's all at Tackling the Prim. Uh, tackling the Prim. That's on Twitter. And then Tackling the Prim on gmail.com. Uh, we really greatly appreciate the listen, the download, the follow, uh, the five star review. Uh, we, we even more appreciate if you send us to your friends, let them know that these guys are talking shop and, we, and I want you to listen to them. And again, uh, thank you, uh, guys. Um, yeah, if yeah. you made it this far, seriously, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Jack said, tell your friends, give us a follow. It means nothing to you, everything to us. So glad to have you with us. Thank you. Yeah. And, and until next time, this is Tackling the Premier League signing off. Thanks, guys. All right, bingo. That's not bad.